want to welcome everyone to the podcast. Uh, we call this From the Preacher Study. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here, or one of the preachers here at uh, Oak Mountain Church of Christ. And uh, my colleague and partner in this endeavor is Kevin Clark. Uh, we've been studying through the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 7 now. We're going to begin in verse 1. Uh, we uh, appreciate you uh, studying along with us. Hope that you have your Bible with you, or at least have access to, to the Word. You might... Uh, be able to recall the passage we're going to look at and think along with us as we talk about it a little bit. But we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to study the Bible with us. And we hope that we have some things to say as we study together that will be profitable and challenging for us and, and encouraging to us and help us as Christians along the way to go along the way successfully. And so we appreciate you being here and hope that you find it time well spent. Kevin. Yeah, and I want to encourage everybody that as we study these things, uh, obviously the first level of uh, progression is to understand the teaching, but the second level is to apply it to ourselves. And so I hope that we're looking at ourselves through the lenses that Jesus has given us. This is what we're supposed to be as citizens of his kingdom. And uh, we need to be examining ourselves, as Paul says in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and see, do we have these attitudes? Do we have these dispositions? Does this describe our lives? If not, we need to change those things while uh, we have the opportunity to do it. We're so very thankful for you as an audience. We're thankful for this format. Thankful for our deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who are with us as always, and make this possible. Thank you for lending your time and talents to us, and thank you for your families uh, giving you up during this period of time. Well, I was just thinking about some of your comments a minute ago. You know, what we want to do in Bible study, I think, you can summarize it by saying, if you take a passage, like we'll take chapter 7, verse 1 and following, this is what, this is what it says, mm -hmm. this is what it means, mm -hmm. and this is how, this is how it applies right, to us. Right. And so your, your study is really not complete until you address that application. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's not just an academic study exactly. of the text, right. but it's really a practical study. Absolutely. We do some might do some academic or technical analysis. Sure, to get the academic out, yeah. might not be the right word, but mm -hmm. technical analysis mm -hmm. of the text so that we can understand what right. it says and what it means. But until we handle that application, applying Absolutely. it to our lives, yes, yes. Uh, we really haven't done a complete job. Yeah, and that no. application might deal with what we think, yeah. you know, the mm -hmm. way we think about things. Right. It might have something to do with what we say right. or what we do. Mm -hmm. It might have something to do with... Uh, you know, our, our thinking about who God is right, or who right, Christ is, right. the implications of that will be mm -hmm. how we relate to God and Christ, mm -hmm. seeing who they are. Mm -hmm. and so there are lots of ways that we can apply mm -hmm. uh, the passage that we might be studying or looking at. But I just wanted to make that point that yeah. our study is not complete until yeah. we talk about some application. I, agree 100%. I call that, you know, you answer the so what. Yeah, that's and right. And so yeah, yeah. here's what the passage says. Right. Now here's some technical analysis. Well, uh, so what? Right, right. Okay, here's the so <laughs> what. what? Mean to me? yeah. Here's the so what. Uh, it means this for your life. Yeah, right. That's All right. right, so let's take a look at chapter 7. Sure. Here we are. This is the third, and this is the last chapter in the Sermon on the mm -hmm. Mount. I'm going to read just the first five verses. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your... By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So let's talk about the passage. Let's going to talk a little bit about what it doesn't say, right, and then right. a little bit about what it does say. Right. 
I think sometimes we may study a passage and we spend so much time on what it doesn't say, <laughs> we, we never get around to talking say, about yeah. what it does say. That's so right. That's we want right. to try to do a little bit of both of those. Right, right. And so... It's pretty frequently said that, you know, Jesus is teaching us here not to criticize others, uh-huh. not to uh, evaluate others' conduct right. and identify it as wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're, we're not to judge other people in that way. But that's not really what no, Jesus no. is saying. Mm-hmm, no. um, there are too many passages that instruct us. Exactly to make those kind of evaluations and to make those kinds of judgments between right and wrong. Right. And so God is ultimately the judge and will determine a person's eternal destiny. Right. But he's given us his word and through his word, we can evaluate mm-hmm. right and wrong. Right. And so let's just, I thought we'd take a look at some of those passages. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11. Ephesians 5 verse 11. Um do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. And so we should be able to mm-hmm. identify unfruitful deeds of darkness right. and and expose them and show them for what they are in our right. teaching, in our relationship with others. People are in darkness. We should be able to identify that and inform them that their behavior is is not uh, what it ought to be. Absolutely. And so there's there's a passage that teaches us to make those kinds of evaluations. First mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Timothy chapter five and verse twenty is another one of those. And there are lots of these, they Kevin. Are, there, yeah. there are lots of them. You might be thinking of some yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who continue in sin rebuke mm-hmm. in the presence of all, so that the rest also may be fearful of sinning. And so if you look at verse 19, he's talking about making an accusation against an elder. Mm-hmm. But those who are, who are in sin, you rebuke them that's right. in the sight of all. And right. so that's, a, um, you know, that, that's, that's quite, a, quite a, uh, an instruction there in the sight of everyone. And just to piggyback on that, you, you can't even do that unless you have a standard, which yep. is the Word of God. And you compare that standard against the person's conduct. And you reach the conclusion that that conduct does not satisfy the standard. Therefore, there's that's judging, yeah. In the sense of making a distinction between things, we're not talking about condemnation, but making a distinction between right. things. That's right. First Thessalonians five fourteen. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, mm-hmm. encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. But right. admonish the unruly. You have to right. be able to identify this person as being unruly Absolutely. in his behavior, and Absolutely. you. Try to admonish him. You correct him. I thought about Matthew chapter 18 right here in the same yes, yeah. gospel that uh, we're looking at th- tonight. Matthew 18 and verse 15 says, uh, If your brother <clears throat> sins or sins against you, go show him his fault. Mm-hmm. In private, if he listens to you, you've won your brother. Right. So if your brother sins or some versions say sins against you, right. you, you identify his fault. That's exactly right. And you're trying to help him overcome that That's fault right. and deal with it effectively. And then there are lots of others, but I thought about Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11, where um, mm-hmm. Paul yep. says, you yep. know, I withstood Peter to the face right. because he stood condemned. And mm-hmm. so he could see Peter's inconsistent, if not hypocritical behavior. Right. And Paul says, hey, look, Peter, you're in the wrong here. You, right. need to, you need to do better than that. Absolutely. And so there are just too many passages right. that teach us uh, to uh, be on the lookout uh, for for sin in our own lives, uh, see it in the lives of others, uh, admonish people, warn people, uh, try to correct people, and we need to do it in the right way, 
but we need to do it nonetheless. And so disciples are right to identify improper conduct in others and persuade them to repent. Absolutely. And I wanted to add something to that. It's one of my favorite verses to prove that what people say, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, means is not what they say. Uh, Look at John chapter 7, verse 24. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And so he says, not only must we, I mean, it's a command. You judge with righteous judgment. So right. the Lord clearly is not saying over here, don't judge, and then come over here and saying, well, yeah, judge, judge with righteous uh, judgment. It's how you judge. What's the standard? What's the attitude you talked about a while ago? And we'll talk some more about that as we get into these passages. Right. So that, that's a good segue into the second part. If, we, if we've seen what it doesn't teach, right. it doesn't teach us that it's wrong to make a judgment about conduct or right. evaluate conduct and identify it as inappropriate. Well, what, what does it teach? Mm-hmm. Well, don't judge or be critical or condemn so that you will not be judged. And then it goes on. We right. always need to continue to read the full passage. Right. For in the way you judge, uh-huh. you will be judged. Right. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And right. so right. we need to be careful how we judge right. because we will be judged in the same way right. we judge right. others. And, you know, I think that's true of God and men, isn't true. it? Yeah. And so uh, God, and we'll see this in a minute, God judges us mm-hmm. on the basis of how we judge others. Mm-hmm. You know, he does, we'll, right. We'll, we'll right. see, we'll see yeah. some passages that's about right. that. That's right. But, you know, uh, other men will judge us that's in right. the way that we judge them. Amen. Let's say, I'll give you an illustration of that. Let's say you came into services late one one mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and I just hammered on you. Kevin, what in the world are you doing coming in late? You know better than that. You need to get here on time. That right. shows, you know, people get the idea you don't care. And, right. And so you, you what are you going to do? You're going to start watching me. Exactly. You're going to start watching me, and if I ever come in late... You may not say anything, but it's, you know. So you're right. going to judge me right. in the way that I judge you. Right. Now, if I don't want to be judged in that way, right. don't judge okay, me well, then yeah. I need to be careful about the way I judge That's others. And so yeah. and so I think that it may have an applica- a broader application than at least I've thought of through, right. uh, through the years. Absolutely. Look at Matthew chapter 6, mm-hmm. verse mm-hmm. 14. Yep, that's exactly where I was going now. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So, and so depending on our actions, the Father will decide to act one way or the other. And so he's going to judge us, so to speak, in the same way that we've judged others. And so you see the same thing in chapter 18. In fact, uh, he continues to talk about forgiveness here, verse 35. Mm -hmm. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if mm-hmm. each of you does not forgive right. his brother from your heart. This right. is the parable of the two debtors, right. you know. Right. So, and so, uh, God will not forgive if you do not forgive. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, one of the things that it does teach is be careful how you criticize others, your judgment of others, because. The standard you use to judge them is right. the standard God will use to judge you. So right. we don't want to judge by appearance. Right. That's John right. seven twenty four. Mm-hmm. Don't judge right. by appearance. Right. Judge you know, right. we don't want to judge without mercy. Right. You know, I want God to judge me with mercy. There you go. And so if that's what I want from God, well then I need to uh, judge with mercy. We don't want to judge without patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. 
And so we want God to be patient with us. And so if that's the way we want him to deal with us, we need to be. So a person might be in the wrong, but I'm going to show them mercy. I'm going to be patient as I try to persuade them to repent. Right. And I would add, too, when you talk about this idea of judging with righteous judgment, let's be careful not to be hasty in our judgments. Let's get the facts. Make That's sure right. that what we think we see is truly the case. Yeah. How many times have people seen something from afar, reached a snap judgment, and been proven to be wrong later? So yeah. we want That's to right. be fact gatherers to make sure that we have a good factual basis for the judgments we render. That's righteous judgment. Right. So slow, be slow, mm-hmm. be deliberate, mm-hmm. uh, be patient, be merciful. Be sympathetic, right. you know. So here's someone who has a maybe they have an, an issue. Uh, be, be be understanding and sympathetic. Now you're not a, condoning what no, they're no, doing, no, right, right, right. But you're being sympathetic and so forth. So that's right. The way that we judge others is the way that we're going to be judged. Amen. So Luke chapter seven is maybe a good negative illustration of this. You remember Jesus goes to the house of Simon the mm-hmm. Pharisee in mm-hmm. Luke chapter seven. And uh, you remember there was a woman there, and Luke identifies her as a sinner. And, um, you know, Simon said, well, this is in verse 39. Uh, if he had known what kind of woman this was, you know, he wouldn't allow her to touch him like this. You know, well, she's, she's a sinner. We can see <laughs> right. that sort of prejudice in right. him. And right. he's judging by appearance. Right. Um, you can see it in the Pharisees and they're condemnation of tax collectors mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. he's a tax collector he must be a bad right, guy right <laughs> so we we really need to be careful about those kinds of That's judgments right. amen and then let's look at verses three and four and five yes you know, judging others without looking at self right right and so he he kind of describes um you know kind of a kind of a ridiculous situation. Mm-hmm. I've got a big log in my eye. Right, right. Let me see if I can get that speck yeah. out of your eye. That right. little you know, piece of uh, some sort of grain or sawdust or something like that. And, you know, I'm, and of course, that's a ridiculous situation. Right. But that's what people do. We have these glaring faults right, right. in our own behavior. And we're talking to others about what might end up being, you know, minor peccadilloes, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, you need to take care of, yourself first right you know get your own house in order that's right and then help he doesn't say don't identify a speck in others exactly get your own house in order first yeah and then you have uh the the grounds upon which to make these efforts to help others we call that having the moral authority that's right you you give up the moral authority you surrender the moral authority to to help others in this way if you've got glaring faults in your own life. Well, it's an observation that we've made many times and the scriptures make. Uh, it's easier oftentimes for us to see the faults of others than for us to see our own faults. And yet God says, no, you need to start with yourself first. And that puts you in a better position to help other people. Like you said, uh, not only substantively, but in terms of your credibility. Uh, you take whatever the issue is. If you are known to have an anger problem and you're going to reach out to this brother and advise him on an anger problem, it's going to be hard for him to take that message coming from you. Why? Because you've demonstrated the same problem. So maybe yeah. you ought to get your anger problem under control so that then you can help him with his anger problem. Galatians 6.1 is a good passage to mm-hmm. illustrate that. Brethren, mm-hmm. even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you'll not be tempted. But That's that right. idea of looking to yourself. Now, right. you restore such a one, right, right. but you're looking to yourself That's right. as well. And so, uh, and if we, you know, if our prayer is, 
Father, help me to see things the way they really are. Right. Help, help me to see myself That's right. as, as you see me. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll help us as we turn our attention to others to uh, try to help them with some humility right. and some patience and some sympathy, some mercy, because we can see our own faults. That's right. I like Hebrews 4.12 at the end when it talks about the Word of God being living and powerful. It says that it is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So if you read the Bible with an open mind, and it's key, open mind, the Bible will tell you about yourself. But yeah. you've, got to, you've got to have an open mind, listen to the teaching, and make the corrections, and then you're better able to make the corrections right. to others. The other point I love that you make, you know, for those who would take this passage and say it says not to judge, again, if you get down in that, as you made the point, it never says remove the plank and go on about your business. No, remove your plank, and then you can see clearly yeah. to get the speck. So there's still this idea of i got to say, okay, what's a healthy, normal eye look like? Okay, that eye is not the same. It's got a speck in there. Let me see if I can help you out once I've gotten rid of my plank. So it never was contemplated that we walk away and we don't say you got a speck in your eye. We ignore the speck in the eye. No, something needs to be done about it. He just says take care of self first, then you take care of your brother. Well, you know, people want a license to do what they please. That's you know, right. They, they, they want to do what they please. They want anybody to tell them they're wrong. Right. These days, the worst the worst sin you can commit is to tell somebody <laughs> they're wrong, you know. But, and I suppose that's always been the case right, to, some, right. to some degree. But that's not what we, that's not what the church is. No, no. Uh, and uh, really, it's not, it's not what a friend is. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to turn a blind eye no. to serious problems in people's lives. Cannot do that. It's, it's a team effort. It is. And we need each other's help and encouragement. And your best friend is going to be somebody who will say, look, you know, you, you need to strengthen this. You need to eliminate that. You know, I want to talk to you about this particular problem. Right. Now, it's always good if they can do it with some kindness. Yes, yes, but, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, that, that help is, I mean, we all need that. That's right. And we want to make sure that on both sides of that, if we're giving the advice and helping one do yeah. so in love yeah. and meekness and fear. And if we're receiving it, we need That's to do right. so in love, meekness, and fear. And what is the barrier on both sides is pride. Yeah. If I correct with pride or I receive it with pride, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Well, our time's out. Uh, we're going to finish up uh, this particular session. Uh, just think about what we've had to say. Think about think about our own lives. Mm-hmm. Do we have beams in our eyes that we need to get out? All right. Uh, are there opportunities out there for us to help others? Let's be sure that we do it with some kindness and sympathy and so forth. Uh, but it is, you know, we, we, we do this together and we help each other along the way. And uh, with God's help, of course, we can do that successfully. Let's close with a word of prayer, Kevin. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another opportunity to break open your word and to sit at your feet and to study the concepts that you have placed in there for us. Those are placed there for our own good, that we may be more like you and, and have a light unto our path so that we know where to go, when to go, and how to go. We're so very thankful for the revelation of your will to us. Thankful that we have. You've given us the intellectual hardware, the capability to understand your will and to apply it to our lives and correct the things that are wrong in our lives. So thank you for giving us the guidance so that we know how to direct our footsteps. We thank you for the teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, uh, Sermon on the Mount. So much good teaching about the citizens of your kingdom and how we should be, how we should see the world, how we should see ourselves, the attitudes we're to have. Uh, today we've talked about the idea of being careful in the standard of judgment we apply to other people, knowing that whatever standard that we apply to others is coming back to us. And so, of course, we want to apply judgment with mercy and patience and uh, righteous judgment, as your son said, 
that we're very careful not hastily reaching conclusions. And we also want to make sure that you know, we look at ourselves and try to make sure that we correct ourselves so that we're better able to correct our brothers and sisters in Christ. Always doing it with a spirit of love and a spirit of gentleness, uh, concerned uh, for the spiritual welfare of others. And we ask for those of us on the receiving end of those criticisms, uh, when we're told that there's a speck in our eye, that we receive that in the proper spirit, knowing that our brothers are trying to uh, better our service to God, trying to help our souls. And even if uh, sometimes our brothers and sisters may come at us with a different uh, spirit, with an unchristlike spirit, to till, still try to distill the essence of what is being said and to check it against the scriptures. And if it fits, as the old saying says, if the shoe fits, wear it. Let us make the correction that's required. We thank you for this teaching. We ask that we may uh, be more active and, and engaging in it, that we love our brothers and sisters, and the love that you call us to have is a love that looks out for the welfare of one another, doesn't turn a blind eye to sin, doesn't turn a blind eye to failures and shortcomings, but with humility and meekness tries to do what we can to address those things and to bring brethren back to a state of righteousness with you. And so help us to understand this teaching and, and help us as we confront the world. There's so much misunderstanding about this teaching, Matthew 7, 1 through 5. People saying that we should not render uh, judgments, not judge others, not use standards and compare their conduct with the standard of your word and reach some conclusions about that. But there's no way we can do the mandates you've given to us without making those judgments, starting with the most basic. How do we determine who's lost uh, in order to give them the saving message of the gospel unless we take their lives and compare it to your word and determine that they've fallen short by not obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's so many things we can do once people come into the faith of restoring those who are caught up in, in trespasses. And unfortunately, from time to time as congregations, we have to withdraw from those who are walking disorderly. All of those commands assume that we're able to see and understand a standard, take a person's life, compare that life to the standard, and see if there are differences and shortcomings and point that out in a way that's loving and kind, but pointing it out nonetheless. And so we know that we can judge, as your son said, with righteous judgment. Let us engage in that. We ask you to continue to be with us as we try to be better servants of yours. Let's spend more time engaged in the study of your word, meditating upon it, and in prayer, drawing closer to you through these two things, Bible study and prayer, where you communicate to us and we communicate with you. And please help those uh, close relationships to lead to more obedience and more fruit in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.